here we are, episode four of the Make It Count podcast. Welcome back. Yeah, it's awesome to be here. We're on this journey of living life intentionally with purpose and trying to stop the drift. Yeah, oh, you got all the titles in there. I think, yeah, that was the first episode of Make It Count, right? Then we did Stop the Drift. And then we did One Foot Forward. And today, we're going to talk about the fourth one the, that came up that we quite, kind of liked parts of it, but Intentional Generation. What does it mean to be an intentional generation? Yeah, I'm not sure, but I definitely, when people talk about me, I know one of the words that is never far away from their mind is the idea of being intentional, Mm. and I'm a big fan of that. But I suppose, I wonder, what's the inverse of that? Uh, What happens if we're not intentional? Mm, That is a great question. I mean, obviously, we did a little bit of preparation, so looking up some of the kind of synonyms and antonyms of intentional. And the antonyms are the opposite of what the word is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Some of the the words that came up were things like aimless, purposeless, um, casual even, or coerced, which was really interesting. Mm. So the opposite of being intentional is maybe being forced or because you don't have a purpose, you're more easily influenced into other things. Mm. I think probably the intentional thing is significant for me is maybe linked to why I like the stop the drift one Mm. because I sort of see those as two sides of the same coin on one side it's I don't want to drift on the other side is so I'd be intentional to stop myself drifting yeah absolutely and some people had a bit of a pushback on oh you know we don't like stop the drift because it's a little bit negative focused but it's it's almost like oh you need to have that awareness of this is a problem and this is something worth stopping. Mm. Um, And then the intentional side of it, we will now be intentional. So we're moving towards that. I I totally agree. They are the same thing. It's just different ways of looking at it. Being reactive, I think, is what I think of when Mm. I think of someone not being intentional or they're reacting. They're reacting to outside things. And I was wondering... I was trying to think for myself, is there a story mm. of a time when I felt like I've been reactive? And there's plenty, but none that I feel like I can nail down into a concise story yet. But I was wondering if you had a story of a time where you felt, how oh, I was being reactive right now. Being reactive? Gosh. <laughs> well, I had, I do have a story about being intentional um, back in the hills of Wales, Duke of Edinburgh. Again, I've spoken about Duke of Edinburgh a couple of times. It's the source of unending stories, the well that just keeps on giving. But we had planned an expedition, a multi-day expedition, and we were preparing, we were getting ready at our base camp. And I remember something one of the instructors said. He said, the people that are going to get in trouble upon the hills are not you guys, because you guys are prepared, you have a plan, you know where you're going. You have all the equipment you need. You even have food for several days. The people that are getting trouble are the people that just casually go up for a day's walk, don't really know where they're going. They haven't checked the weather forecast and suddenly the weather comes in and they don't know what they're doing and they get stuck and they get lost and then they have to get rescued. That was really interesting because when we were looking again at the opposite of the words for intentional, one of the words was casual. Oh, that's really interesting. Where am I being maybe casual 
in mm. my life? Where am I not taking the attention that is required to prepare well and to go, actually, this requires some intentional thought in order to do this well. Otherwise, I may be at risk of drifting and getting lost. Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. I came up with a story, by the way. Mm. I think I've got a situation. So I've played for football teams for a lot of my life. I've played for our local football team for a little bit longer than you have. And actually, one of the things that we would often say about ourselves is we would play really good football against the good teams. Mm. And we'd play really bad against the poor teams. And it's entirely to do with we would wait and take our cue from whatever's going on and we were quite a reactive team in that sense. Mm. Actually, it was, it was interesting in the sense that it meant that we didn't win as many games as we should because actually we were never putting our own stamp on the game, as it yeah. were. We were always reacting to what somebody else did best. That's really and, interesting. And so, yeah, it, it, I, I think there are times to react, be reactive or, and there were times where things happen, it's important to react well. And it's not that always reacting is bad. I mean, if you don't react when someone throws a punch in your face, you look like an idiot. If you get punched in the face, you know, you've no, got to react to the move. on the floor. Yeah, exactly. And so there were crises, 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 emergencies, things that happen where you do have to react. But yeah. actually, I wonder if that idea of forethought and being intentional is the flip side of that. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, football brings up, you've just brought up a whole nother well of um, stories. We obviously travelled around Latin America for a couple of years and we played in lots of different countries with a, a group of guys. And one of the things that you would often try and coach me through before games was knowing me. You would say, Matt, what are you going to do? What are you going to do when the referee makes a bad call? Not if, because anyone that's played any level of sport for any length of time knows at some point the referee is going to make a call that you don't agree with. So what do you do when it's clearly the bad call and it's ridiculous and it's unjust? What are you going to do? What are you going to do when an opponent throws in a really heavy tackle on you or a teammate and you feel that, in, that anger, that injustice, all right. What are you going to do when your teammate does something stupid and gives away a goal? You know, and that was really fascinating for me because it was awakening in me the awareness of, ah, I don't have to wait until something's happened to choose how I'm going to react. If I choose ahead of time, I can actually respond to that and I can go, Oh, when someone takes me out, instead of getting up and getting angry at them and maybe throwing something back, I can choose to be calm and take a step back and just move on with the game. Or So there's that, when I think ahead, what are the obstacles that could come up? What are the things that are going to trip me up that will cause a response or a reaction? How do I then choose to respond differently? Mm. Yeah, because in some ways... Football's a confined game with really standardised rules and laws and it's predictable because there are human elements to it. And so maybe the boundaries are a bit smaller as compared to life where mm. 
the eight billion else. people and however many millions of hours of videos and stuff on the internet and everything, and mm. it can become, whoa, you never know what's that, anything, anything could happen anytime it yeah. feels like. And, and so I wonder for you, how do you translate that thing that you've learned there for, from a football match into your life? That is, that's the million dollar question, isn't it? Really? How does this actually affect my life? How do I make that thought count? I would say something that I've noticed in life generally is through journaling. I'm able to go at the end of the day, hmm, didn't really respond very well in that situation, did I? I reacted badly. That then helps me bit by bit. Once we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago, you know, it takes six weeks or <laughs> seven times of writing this down before my, I suddenly realize, ah, this is an issue I need to deal with. So on the however many time that I've responded in a bad way, keep saying reacted in a bad way, I've written it down and reflected, then maybe the next time, as it's happening, I'm having those little reflections again in my head. Ah, remember how you don't want to react. How can I respond differently? And so for me, journaling is a huge aspect of taking that f feedback from the previous reaction and putting that into the next one to respond better. Mm. I think this conversation is important because that journey from reactivity to intentional, I, I see so much reactivity. Mm. You know, you don't, any social media, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you see it, you know, it's, oh, see something in Sindri, I react. You know, the news, I react. And which is interesting as well, because they're saying anything you watch on the news probably has a half-life of a week. So, wow. you know, it's not even that, you know, in a week, nobody's even talking about it anymore. Read a book, it's probably still in date, you know, in a year or two years or maybe much longer if it's a really good book. Mm. But I see so much reactivity, not just in the internet space, but in relationships, in how we live our lives, mm. in the environment, the cultures that we st sit in and we stand in. And I think if we are content to be reactive, we then create or we position ourselves as what Donald Miller would say is the victim. You know, in every story, there's four main characters, the hero, the villain, the guide and the victim. Mm. And the weakest person is the victim. Second weakest is the hero, interestingly. But yeah. you, if we, and there are genuine victims, but you, that, and that's true. There are people that are in really terrible situations, but a lot of the time we position ourselves as a victim and we don't have to. Mm. And, and so I wonder if we then maybe need to take a courageous step to move into being a little bit more intentional in different areas of our life. Mm. That's really interesting. I suppose. A couple of things that I have come to mind as you're saying that is when it comes to online interactions, especially, we're all there. Anyone who's not there is probably not listening to this podcast. That's true, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we've all interacted online. We've all seen interactions online. And as you absolutely, the conversation so often becomes incendiary and reactive very quickly. So one of the things that I've heard people say the best thing you can do is to make use of your drafts capability. 
Apparently Twitter has a drafts capability. I didn't know that. I've never, I don't really do that much tweeting, but apparently there is. Yeah, before you'd hit that retweet, before you hit that comment, draft it, sit on it for, you know, an hour at least, maybe a day. Again, with emails, something comes in, you go, why you never tap, 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 before you send send, just maybe sit it in the, the drafts for a, for a week or even... Or a, schedule send for like two days and then you can catch it. But you might forget about it. <laughs> so true. there's something about, I'm, yeah, fine. I can maybe process out what I want to say in that moment by writing it out. That can be healthy, but actually don't send it because you might want to come back and having slept on it, some of those emotions have subsided and you realise, oh, maybe there's some more to this story that I'm not getting. And maybe forgetting about the injustice that has been done to me, I want to think intentionally forward about, well, how does this relationship want to be looking forward? Maybe there has been some wrong done to this person. I maybe am not the one that's done it, but they're feeling pain. How can I intentionally heal that and build a bridge rather than go and let the whole thing burn. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it sound, I mean, so far our conversation has been quite, I would say, broad stroke, reactive versus intentional and mm. that journey and moving there. And uh, I suppose, I think, you know, there's lots of us that are reactive in our relationships. We're just, we're friends with the people around. Mm. <laughs> you know, we are, or, you know, we get into a dating relationship with somebody that's nearby and it kind of works out for a bit. Or even with our health, a lot of the time, we talked about that with our exercising. I mean, we know, is it something like 40% of the country, the UK, are, are obese or Not overweight? Obese, overweight, I think. And that's a huge amount. And it doesn't happen entirely by accident. But I don't think anybody sets out intentionally and says, you know, I don't, know, I don't eat too much food. That's a reactivity thing. And, you know, the whole thing with alcohol is, I mean, we got more liver damage than we've had before, I think, in, a, in any generation. It's huge. Wow. And so I wonder that when I think about lifestyles and how we're, there are areas of our lives, broad mm. strokes where we're being reactive. Where is something that you have successfully been intentional? Wow. I would say this kind of brings to mind a keystone habit idea. So going back to my GCSEs, in those teenage Ooh, years... All the way back there. I, I knew that if I got up each morning and I had, and I did 100 press-ups, that day was just going to be better. Can you do 100 press-ups in a row? Not in a row, it was oh. in like um, sets of five. a couple of sets. Yeah. <laughs> I think I did like four sets of 25 or something. That's pretty good. Um, can you still do 25? Yeah, I can do like 30. My baseline is about 30. You're showing up now. Um, I, I wanted to get to... Never mind, didn't I? But <laughs> the point was um, being disciplined and intentional in that physical area... And it was really simple. That's what helped me as well. It wasn't super complex. It wasn't do a lot of things. It was literally, I've got one goal, 100 press-ups. I think it might have started off at 50. Do that, boom. And and I did that, and it was a regular thing, and that helped me, helped me to focus, helped me to be better at disciplining myself for my studies that we talked about in a previous episode. 
I listened to a podcast even just today, and it was all about self-leadership. And he's boiled it down to, it's about saying yes to yourself and saying no to yourself. When can I say those and how do I know when's right to say those? Yeah. So that has been a success story. And I say Keystone have it earlier because exercise has been shown to be one of those ones where if you can do that well in a healthy way, maybe not going overboard and going too much, but healthy way multiple times a week, just get that as a, phys- as a, a habit in your life, other things will fall into place. Yeah, I, I think that's totally true. I mean, you already know I'm, I'm a sold out fan of being physically active and fit. I, not just because of the effect it has physically, but mentally, emotionally. I mean, they've always said if you could get the effects that mm. into a tablet of what you get from exercising, it'd be the best selling, drug, the best in selling the drug in the world yeah. because of the number of things it does and also prevents. Mm. And so, uh, yeah, I, that you said that it's a total cornerstone habit it's one of the most it's probably one of the areas i am most intentional with with Mm. my life you know i'm probably being intentionally exercising six days a week which is quite a lot and that's maybe not for everybody and definitely not if you're about to try and get started yeah but there is a reason for that and that's partly it helps me focus in the day it manages my emotions it manages my body you know we uh we know we're designed to move and not sit in the chair for 12 hours a day mm. probably longer i yeah. reckon probably we sit in the chair longer than 12 hours a day probably. don't we on average don't want to know those numbers no it's a little bit worrying isn't it it is what about you david what's an area that perhaps you have gone from an area of not being intentional to being intentional mm. i mean every area of my life <laughs> <laughs> no i think that's the thing isn't it you don't look at a child and go, they're intentional. No, mm. I don't, I think that probably part of being intentional is a journey of maturity. And, and I think the hard thing or the barrier for many of us to being intentional, and I've heard this is, sounds exhausting. Yeah. You know, how can you be intentional with your relationships and your physical life and, and your meditation and, and writing and, and reading and learning this new skill and, and doing that new thing? Oh, so overwhelming. And then I would maybe flip that around and go, why don't I let everyone else tell me to do that? That's much harder because yeah. if you're reactive, you're just saying yes to everybody else asking you a question. Yeah. And like you said, or you, when it's self-leadership, when you're saying yes to yourself and no to yourself. And there's a part of, oh, well, I want to, I want to take responsibility for that. Mm. And, and that, I mean, I was reading John Whitmore and he, he said the other day, it's like, coaching, the number one tool for self-responsibility. And, wow. you know, it's an interesting idea, but actually that's a part of maturity. And I, I'm, you know, even though I'm a British youngish male, I'm a bit of a romantic as well. And I like that idea of spontaneity. And I think we all, we're, there's an alluring attractiveness to spontaneity where you're just like, don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to be fun. And, you know, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be new. But I also think that it's it's a short term fun often that there is a space for it. And it can be fun in that day. And I think we should create spaces to, to experience those exciting, spontaneous things. But I do sometimes wonder if there's a deeper joy 
that comes when we are... So, for example, I was talking to a couple earlier today, and they've been married for many years. And I was talking to them a little bit about this, and they said, you know, it's hard work. <laughs> Isn't that by accident? They said, you know, raising children? Everyone says, oh, you got great kids. He said, it was hard to have kids this good. You know, it's hard work. But the payoff of a good relationship and, mm. and children that you're proud of because of the work that has gone in over decades, yeah, that is a deeper joy that, yeah, I, I, I think I'm trying to pull some threads together here, but mm. I, I, I feel like you're catching it here. There's a, I'm, I'm getting you. I'm getting you. I'm feeling it. As, as you said, there's a deeper satisfaction to this was not an accident. This came about by design, as it were. Um, and I mean, I read a book at the beginning of um, last month. It was all about work and rest. And one of the things that kind of came out of that was just a reignition of work is good uh, and there's a dignity to it and we're made to work we don't do well when we don't and there's something about this intentionality picture here where we we're so easily put off as you said because oh, it sounds exhausting so you got to put energy in to all of these areas it sounds like hard work well in a sense yes it is hard work but the reward comes after putting the hard work in, you know, the, there's the, well, a few pictures of the, the, the hard working farmer gets a good harvest. The hard training athlete wins the race. Um, the hard uh, training soldier pleases their commanding officer. The one who's lazy doesn't have any food. The one who doesn't train doesn't even get to the start line. The, the one who doesn't train half of their officer doesn't even um, get any praise at all. So you're going, ah, oh, there's a reward. And so before I kind of trail off into the middle of nowhere, which is too late for that. Yeah. You go, I'm just trying to draw it back. You're saying when you're intentional with different areas of your life, yes, it takes effort. Yes, it takes work, but the reward is just so much more valuable, so much deeper than just if, oh, spontaneity just happened just by chance wasn't that fortuitous you can enjoy it in the moment but it it probably leaves pretty fleetingly as well i think so and you're, you're basically i think part of it is mm. you're leaving your your life to chance and fate yeah and, that's the that's and it. there are things totally out of our control and there are things that are chance and fate but there are also huge areas of our life where we can be intentional. And I'm sure you know this, but when you start moving towards something intentionally, mm. other opportunities, you suddenly notice those other opportunities. Mm. And so I, I would say, as we start to wrap up this conversation, there are some tools and tips even that might help you move. Because as we said, it is exhausting. That is a reality. I like what Craig Rochelle is like. He's, uh, he said, I had one habit a year. You know, yeah. it's just this one thing. How, don't try and fix your whole life in one go, whatever it is. If you're it's suddenly like, work. oh, there's these 12 areas of my life where I'm reacting. 
Pick the one that probably hurts the most or yeah. would make the most difference if you turned it around. Mm. And then start simple. Like James Clear, was, I was reading today, James Clear was saying, you know, the number one fail that most people make is they give up after one mistake. And then, but actually, even the best athletes, the best CEOs, the, the people you look up to, they miss days, but they only miss one day. Yeah. And it's that Don't consistency over time. And mm. so whatever it is, be simple, choose one, be consistent. I like that. That was nice, that wasn't it? That was nice. I almost planned that. Almost, I didn't. The one thing I would say is with, it's very easy to add. So easy to add something. So you even just, you said that, you know, Craig Rochelle, he goes, I add one habit each year. That's manageable. By the end of the year, I've got an ingrained habit. And after doing this for 20 years, I've grown these different. One of the things that I realized after doing that for a couple of years, though, was, Oh, it's actually really easy to overdo that, even that. So maybe what's something that I can give up? And on the th- on the topic of giving up, we're not in a neutral world. So we've been talking about, if I don't live intentionally, I'm leaving it to chance. But it's worse than that. You've said it already. We're actually leaving it to the forces all around us, everybody else's desires. And there are plenty of organisations and people out there that just want to influence each one of us, not for our own benefit. They want us to say yes to them, to their product, using our attention and our time and our money for them, not for our own benefit. So maybe what are some no's that I can say that will help to me create the space then I can move and I can go, right, now I've got some space. What does it mean to be intentionally move forward? Mm. So that... I think that's a nice place to wrap up. Are we adding? Are we taking? What are we going to do? But whatever you do, think about how you can be simply, well, how you can simply make it count this week. As, as we know, it's busy, it's overwhelming. Life, there's so much fear involved. But we want to move towards being intentional, living purposefully, and with a deeper fulfillment. Mm. Oh, I like that. Let's go and make it count. Make it count.